What's going on, sports fans? This is John, the Biased Giants fan, here with NFL Talk Episode 2. This is going to be a recap of uh, NFL Wild Card Weekend, and I'm going to jump into what I think is going to happen in the divisional round. Uh, a lot happened in the Wild Card round. Crazy weekend, crazy weekend. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's begin to unpack all that and see how we go. So let's jump right into the first game of Wild Card Weekend, the Seahawks versus the 49ers. Oh boy, did I have uh, different expectations for this game than what actually happened. Um, I thought it was going to be a close game. I guess you could say it was close. At halftime, Seattle was up 17-16, I believe. So a one-point uh, one game at that point. And uh, Seattle looked good. They were moving the ball. They looked a little shaky, and the 49ers looked dominant. Brock Purdy looks like he needed to get his legs under him a little bit. But in the second half, oh, man, the 49ers just took off. Mistakes by Seattle, very costly, hard to overcome, turning the ball over. Uh, they were, like, in the red zone, about a score, and I think it was a strip sack by, I don't remember exactly who it was, but it looked like the whole D-line just munched on Geno right there. And poor Geno. You know, he's had a great season, but uh, unfortunately, the 49ers were his unraveling moment. I would say Seahawks, you know what? They played a good game. It was fun to watch for a little while, but the 49ers are dominant. They took control of this game early, early in the second half, and they really didn't relinquish their grasp. I mean, Debo was balling. Brandon Ayuk was laying blocks. Tariq Woolen got spun around. It was, ooh, man, I gotta say. The Niners really showed out, and they really showed us why they're a contender for a Super Bowl this year. Brock Purdy, if he keeps up this uh, rate of play, I don't see anything that can really stop this Niners team. I would say a team that can throw Brock Purdy off balance with a nasty pass rush, really, you know, hassle him in the pocket, make him uncomfortable. That's what it's going to take to win. But they have blocking tight ends. They have a great fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. They have Kittle, a big man. They got the best left tackle in the league in Trent Williams. Receiving talent across the board. Ayuk, Debo, CMC. Holy shit. These guys are fucking loaded. This team is really, really good. And Seattle came up a little bit short. They look good for a young team. They look like a hungry team. I think they'll be back. But they didn't have enough to cut it this year. But they have a good group of players. DK, Lockett, Geno can ball apparently. Good for him. K9, love it. Tariq Woolen, love it. Uh, Diggs, sure. Fuck it, let's go. You know, they got talent. They got talent. They just need to beef up the O-line, the D-line, really learn how to win in the trenches. And this is a team to watch out for in years to come. As for the Niners... Keep doing what you're doing. Unless Brock Purdy gets beat down, I don't see how these guys are going to really be in trouble. Um, this is a good team. I want to see how they do next uh, next week, but this is not a team to trifle with. They're holy shit good. They're like holy shit good. You know what I mean? Like You know when you see a team that's just like, like everywhere as you look across the board, they're just beasts? 49ers, look no further. Unfortunately for my friend, who is a Chargers fan, I had to witness what was possibly the biggest national embarrassment I've seen 
in a football game in a long time. I mean, you could say the Colts' 33 to nothing collapse was worse in terms of points. You could say that the Bills in the 90s, when they overcame the Tennessee Oilers, whatever the fuck, uh, the Houston Oilers? Houston Oilers. When they overcame the Houston Oilers for a comeback in the playoffs. You could say that was more embarrassing. But for a team with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, receiving talent like Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, I mean, you know what? The defense. You got Asante Samuel Jr. He had three picks. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half. He was making a run for the record. I mean, holy shit. What the hell was going on? And the Chargers somehow figured out a way to completely stall out on offense the Jacksonville Jaguars, Evan Ingram, came alive, and they just, they did it. They overcame a 27-point deficit late in the second. They scored at the end of the half. They made it competitive. And honestly, I'm not that surprised. The Chargers, even when they had the ball off of, what, two of those turnovers, I believe, in the first half, they, they settled for field goals. I didn't like that. And throughout the rest of the game, they looked soft. They looked like they weren't ready to play. And the missed field goal, that was the dagger. I feel like at that point, everybody knew Jacksonville was going to march down the field and score. All the momentum was in their favor. And how do you shank a short kick like that with such... I mean, the game is on the line. Holy fuck. I just... I can't believe what I saw. I wouldn't put it all on Herbert. You know, Herbert Herbert is a good thrower of the football. I can't put it all on Herbert. I think the scheme just looked wrong. I don't know why there were so many screen passes to Eckler. That was a little baffling to me. I guess you want to try and chew clock, but the screens were not going anywhere. I, I don't... The run, the run game in general was terrible. I don't get it. I mean, Brandon Staley, you better go find Cliff Kingsbury in Thailand because I would be surprised if you had a job in the next couple weeks. It's it's embarrassing. It's really, it's, it's, a, it's a tragedy, you know, watching Justin Herbert get eliminated like that. That being said, credit to Jacksonville. They played a great game. Despite huge costly mistakes, they rebounded. They showed resiliency. They showed toughness. Trevor Lawrence looked like he took control of the team, put the team on his back. Him, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk. I mean, that's that's a good receiving core. And they looked damn good. They looked damn good. I would be I would be a little frightened if I'm Kansas City. Kansas City has made it close with worse teams this year than Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you guys you guys could make a run. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Jacksonville in the AFC championship this year, to be honest. And I love Kansas City this year. I really do. But, I mean, you can never count out Mahomes, obviously. And the Jacksonville defense may be a little suspect. Travis Kelsey, he's a big hitter. But, my God, Jacksonville, the way they the way they rebounded, the way they came together as a team, they didn't give up, that shows resiliency. That shows toughness. That's the kind of team that you want to have in January, in the playoffs, in this kind of atmosphere. They balled the fuck out. I know it's going to be a much different atmosphere playing at Arrowhead, but hey, credit to this Jacksonville team. They looked damn good. 
And as for the Chargers, wow. Just honestly, maybe you should go back to San Diego because that was that was a tragedy. As for Wild Card Sunday, let's begin with the Dolphins-Bills matchup. Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins head to Buffalo to take on Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. Now, you would think that with Skylar Thompson being quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins would be completely outmatched. Their defense, so-so. Their offense without Tua, bad. But Miami's defense kept them in this game. And their offense was able to do enough to really make this a tight game. Buffalo was not gifted a win by any stretch of the imagination. Buffalo had to work for this. Just some Josh Allen turnovers, you know, they proved almost costly. You know, I mean, they were costly. They were they were costly turnovers. If Buffalo was not able to rebound, you would be looking at Josh Allen for the loss if they lost. But... What-ifs are a common part of football, and fortunately for Buffalo, they pulled out a win, and Josh Allen is insane. He can make any throw at any time, lead the Bills down the fields at will. I mean, this is a great quarterback. There's no mistakes to be made. This is a great quarterback, and we saw it. We saw it the way he was able to win this game, the way he was able to rally the troops. Good win by Buffalo. This game took what felt like forever. It actually delayed the the Giants-Vikings game to 4.50 as opposed to a 4.30 kickoff. Long regular season game. And it was decided, uh, I believe, I don't know, around 4.50. It was decided after kickoff for the Giants-Vikings game. So, long game. Hard-fought game. Both teams played well. As for Mike McDaniel... Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying he was vaping on the sidelines, whatever. I, I, I don't really understand why that's a storyline even, to be honest. I think a lot of people associated with the NFL have done a lot worse than vape. So, as far as I'm concerned, vaping on the sideline, who cares? Who really cares? In my opinion, who cares? You could say that slowed down the play calls. Yeah, whatever. I doubt that highly. But, you know, whatever. Some people just are looking for a narrative. Honestly, Buffalo, clean up the turnovers, and you guys could make a Super Bowl run. 100%. 100%. But those turnovers were costly. Can't be making mistakes like that in the playoffs, and usually you won't be able to get away with it. Um, I, I mean, Diggs, you know, he's Diggs. The Allen and Diggs connection is phenomenal. I expect a lot from this Bills team. The Miami team, on the other hand, I don't think I expected much from, and that's why they were playing balls to the wall on defense. I mean, they were sending these blitzes. Josh Allen was looking scared out there for a little bit. When he lost that fumble, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is real. Miami could win this game. But the Bills prevailed, and you know what? Credit to them. They're a good team. They should go far. I uh, I expect big things from Buffalo. As for Miami, it was a good season. Unfortunately, your starting quarterback is in the, uh, well, I, I, I can't even, is, is he good? Is he going to be okay? I mean, really, is Tua ever going to be okay? I hope so for his sake, but got to figure out that quarterback position. And that is a scary Miami team as well. So let's not write off Miami. They'll be back next year. And without further ado, little drum roll. The game I'm most excited to talk about here, 
the New York football giants march into Minnesota, assert their dominance, beat the living piss out of the Minnesota Vikings, and live to tell the tale. Now, Minnesota was a good team this year. Minnesota had a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, uh, KJ Osborne, he stepped up. Adam Thielen, we all know about him. It was their defense that proved to be their weak spot. And the Giants exploited their defensive weaknesses to a perfection. Daniel Jones, uh, slinging the rock, able to run all over these guys, making beautiful throw after beautiful throw. The game would have been decided on Daniel Jones' completion of Darius Slayton had he not dropped it uh, late in the fourth quarter. But the defense was able to close it out, as they have been all year, and we won a close game. You know, I'm, I'm going to give the Vikings credit. It was a close game, but we outgunned them. I mean, the Giants looked, I don't want to say dominant, because obviously the Giants have a lack of manpower at certain positions. We run a lot of blitzes because we can't really cover these guys as well, so we have to blitz in order to just not let these guys get wide open down the field. So yeah, there were some mismatches in terms of coverage, but and and TJ Hawkinson had a great day, you know. We're not perfect. This is not a perfect, you know, beautifully built team as of right now. But as far as I can tell, we looked damn good. We looked damn good. For a team that people said was going to win 3 games this year, we looked damn good. And you know what? There's nobody saying start Tyrod Taylor now. There's Daniel Jones passing for 302 tutties in the playoffs, running for another 70. There's Isaiah Hodgins over 100 yards receiving on a bum ankle and a touchdown. Adoree Jackson, with a little safety help, held Justin Jefferson to three catches, four catches for, what, 60 yards, something like that? I mean, whew, man, I, I, I gotta say. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed the way we were able to, to lock up the Vikings. Now, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins had a lot of chances to win this game. The the the, the, the play I really want to talk about a little bit, the phantom roughing the passer on Big Dexter Lawrence. Um, yeah, what the fuck? Excuse me. He barely grazed his helmet. Is that the penalty? I mean, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, he grazed his helmet, wrapped up Kirk, spun him to the ground, did not put weight on him. There's not really many clean ways to tackle a guy in the league that are much cleaner than that. And not for nothing, he had the ball in his hand. This wasn't like an, oh, he got the ball out and Dex was just putting a little extra on him. He had the ball in his hand. He threw the ball as he was being spun to the ground. I mean, that is a that's how you make a play in the NFL. You have to make that tackle, or else you might lose the game. Dexter Lawrence, I do not fault him one bit for doing what he did. I think Dexter Lawrence is a beast. A uh, beast in the trenches. So happy he's on our side. I really think that if that if the Giants lost because of that roughing the passer call, and this game went to overtime, and we ended up losing on some stupid shit, that would be like the most Giants way to lose a game. I am so glad it didn't come to that. I am so glad Kirko threw a check down on 4th and 8. Whew, man, that was close. I was freaking out when I saw that. I couldn't believe it. So, the Giants have won a playoff game for the first time in 11 fucking years since the Super Bowl. This is crazy. I mean, this is 
This is a new era of Giants football, and I am so happy to say that I'm alive right now to watch it because this is great. I am so excited to see what we have in uh, the weeks the weeks to come. Hopefully we can beat Philly. If not, you know, we'll see what happens, but I'm just really excited to see for what the future of this team holds. As for Minnesota, I am also excited to see the future of this team. If they figure out their defense, they got Jay Jettas. They got a great fucking team. They just need defense. Their defense can let the game get out of hand, and it's been seen many times this year. If they bolster that defense, if they get some really solid secondary pieces, some solid people on the D-line, a good linebacker or two, that is a good defense. And honestly, just changing their scheme to better fit their players would be a great idea because whatever scheme they were running, it was certainly not working. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Donatelle, the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, was fired or let go at some point soon because that really hurt their chances at winning this game. Now, Kirk played a clean game. Kirk played a good game outside of the checkdown. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag on him too much. Kirk did play a clean game. I like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. I think he's a he's a talented guy. But Daniel Jones with his legs, he just he's able to burn people. Kirk doesn't have that ability, and that was really the difference in this game. How many times was it, oh, there's no receivers open, Jones is just going to take off? Jones is a good athlete. Do not sleep on Daniel Jones. And I will say that. I have been saying that. Ever since his first game in uh, Tampa Bay, where he won, uh, I, I, and he led a game-winning drive, I've been on Daniel Jones' side. Even though he's had some ups, he's had some downs, he's gotten hurt, I had some questions about whether or not he would be the future, I never doubted his work ethic, I never doubted his ability, I always thought he could do it. And I'm really happy to see him uh, flourish. I hope he can carry some of that momentum into Philly. Ravens-Bengals. I would say this is a game that was decided really by one play. And that would be the touchdown by Sam Hubbard. The the, the forced fumble and then the 100-yard run back by the D-lineman. I mean, whew, what a play. What a play by a D-lineman. Athletic play. That guy weighs over 200, 300 pounds. I mean, that is a big motherfucker running that ball for 100 yards. And he had Mark Andrews hot in his heels. And he just said, whoop, no thanks, and kept on going. That was some Madden shit, I gotta say. That was a great play. Um, outside of that, pretty boring game offensively, if I'm being honest. The the Bengals didn't score many points. The Bengals scored as many points as the Ravens did on offense. They just couldn't, I mean, the, the Ravens, excuse me. The Ravens couldn't, uh, couldn't keep up at the end, and they couldn't score again. And Tyler Huntley, uh, man, he ain't Lamar Jackson. But he played a decent game, all things considered. The Ravens' receiving core is bad. Like I'm just going to say it, it's bad. Their offensive scheme looks bad. I don't know why no one's open. Tyler Huntley looks like he, he can't run like Lamar Jackson. He can't even run like Daniel Jones. He can barely run sometimes. I don't, I don't think they should be putting him in these running situations. Tyler Huntley should be throwing the ball or handing the ball off to a running back, which I know J.K. Dobbins touched on at the, uh, the post-game interview, saying he wished he got that carry at the goal line. And honestly, he probably should have gotten that carry at the goal line. They were two yards out. Tyler Huntley is not a big man. I don't know how he was supposed to reach for that goal line getting smushed up like that. Of course the ball was going to be knocked out. Like, what are you kidding me? I saw that shit coming from a mile away. But, hey, I'm not an offensive coordinator for a reason, you know? So, who am I to say anything? Ugh. Cincinnati, they really did not look good against the Ravens' defense. And this is a Ravens' defense that has not looked spectacular throughout the year. They really brought it this game. The Ravens, Credit to the Ravens' defense. They came to play. They really came to play. The offense couldn't get it done, but the defense came to play. And that's really been the story of the Ravens this year. And if it wasn't for that long fumble recovery for a touchdown, 
the scoop and score. I uh, I, I really don't think. Uh, I think this game would have went to overtime, and I could have seen it going either way. I know Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. Their offense is good. The Bengals' offense is good. Credit to them. They're good. But uh, they couldn't really get it together against Baltimore. And I think that unless they can really tighten up in the playoffs, I mean, it's going to be trouble. They're going to play the Bills now, and it's going to be the rematch. And they're down men. They're down manpower right now, Cincinnati. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I hope this isn't the end of Joe Burrow's season. I really like watching him play. I think the Bengals are an exciting team. I also feel the same way about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, at this point, whoever wins that game, I'm just happy to see one of those guys in the playoffs at this point. There can't be two of them for much longer. It's going to be a good one. they got to figure out their offense and, yeah, really just tighten up, play like it's the playoffs. That's all i got to say is play like it's the playoffs. As for Baltimore... They're one of the teams I could see completely unraveling at the end of this season. I don't think Lamar Jackson will be coming back. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore is a 5-6 win team next season. They really just don't look like they have manpower on offense at all besides Mark Andrews. And if Lamar's not there, they are in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. Like, oh my god, I would not want to be a Ravens fan right now because their future looks honestly dismal. I, I can't say that they're in good shape right now. But hey, you know what? They got a talented coaching staff. Uh, well, at least John Harbaugh is talented. I don't. I can't speak for his assistants. I mean, they let Wink Martindale go. That was a fuck up, wasn't it? My God, their defense hasn't even been the problem this season, though. So really, more than anything, they just need a new offensive system and maybe some pieces on offense that can accentuate. I don't know a quarterback. Maybe not just a stupid running offense like they've had forever. I, I mean, they don't even have. I hate to say it, but they don't really even have that good running backs for a run-only offense. Like, you can stop J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. It's not impossible. And if you don't have Lamar Jackson back there, you there it's not a problem. Their offense is not a problem. So, they got to fix that. Um, but yeah, overall this game, a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes, uh, some ugly football, but you know what? It was relatively exciting, I guess. Uh, good for Cincinnati. I want to see where they go. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, nah, but for real, uh, Dak Prescott, master class against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jesus, Tom, what the fuck was that? You look like a fossil out there. I, I mean, is that you or your son playing? Because I can't even tell. It's ridiculous. That was a that was a shit show on all levels. The offense looked putrid. The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. And honestly, as far as I'm concerned, Dallas, you guys looked bad as hell, man. You guys looked so good. Like, running the ball, throwing the ball. Dak was on fire. But, what the fuck was that with your kicker, man? He missed, what, four extra points? That's a record. That's insane, yo. Like, I'm not saying I cut him from the team, but Jesus Christ, man. You can't be doing that against San Francisco. But, um, Tampa Bay really just needs to lock in, get a new offensive mind in there, figure out the offense, because the offense has been putrid all year. They need a run game, a solid, sturdy run game. And they really haven't had that at any point during this season so fix that get a new offensive coordinator sure 
work it out because there's so much talent on this Tampa Bay team that I feel bad saying it, but if Tom Brady and his old ass is going to be holding the back, you either got to get a new quarterback who can move outside the pocket or you got to fix the fucking run game so that this guy isn't throwing it 40 times a game. The man is 45 years old. He shouldn't be throwing it 30, 40, 50 times a game to win. That's insane. So, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. Where do we go from here? You fired Byron Leftwich. Now it's now. What, what are we left with? I mean, really, we got Tom Brady, a battered all line, and, uh, and some good receivers. All right. So Leonard Fournette, right? You gotta be the X factor in this offense. If, if we can get blocking for this guy, I, I we gotta see Lenny show up because this run game is putrid. Maybe Rashad White. Uh, I mean. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But Tampa Bay, in sad shape. Dallas, congratulations. You are moving on to the divisional round against San Francisco. So let's begin right now by breaking down the divisional round of the playoffs. We will begin with the Chiefs and the Jaguars at Arrowhead. I, right now, do not believe that the Jaguars are a seasoned enough team to march into Arrowhead and dethrone the arguably reigning MVP, and the badass motherfucking Kansas City Chiefs offense. Travis Kelsey, Jarek McKinnon, Patrick Mahomes, they do not care about your feelings. They will stomp you into the ground and ruin your storybook. That being said, the Chiefs are vulnerable. They've been in a lot of close games this year with teams that they should have conventionally blown away. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jacksonville makes this close. The spread is KC uh, minus 8.5. Bullshit. Bullshit. Jacksonville, it, I'm, if I was betting, if I'm a betting man, and I'm not a gambling man, I would, I would bet Jacksonville covers that spread. Now, I think Patrick Mahomes, excellent quarterback. That being said... Trevor Lawrence is on the upswing right now. This should be a close game, and I will be eagerly anticipating what happens. I, I, I would say, if I was to guess, I would say that that crowd noise in Arrowhead is certainly going to be a factor after Trevor Lawrence's comments about the sound not being too crazy. So I, I can only imagine how loud it's going to be in that place. I would say Jacksonville will probably be falling behind going into the third, you know, going into the second half. But I think it'll be close. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Jacksonville takes the lead sometime in the fourth. But I really think the Chiefs are going to pull away. This is the kind of game the Chiefs pull away from. I'm sorry to say the Jacksonville fans, but I just think that the storybook ends on Saturday at 4.30 in Arrowhead. It's going to be a close one, but Kansas City is terrifying in the playoffs. Now, if you want to talk about terrifying, look no further than the Philadelphia Eagles. Holy fuck, man. This is what it's come down to. The Eagles in the divisional round against the New York football giants. Well, I'm just going to come out and say right now, the New York football giants haven't lost to the one seed in a playoff game in a very, very long time. I'm going to come out and say this. The Giants have momentum. The Giants are hungry. The Giants are angry. The Giants, they shouldn't be in this game. I mean, this is a this is a 4-13 team last year that had no chance of making the playoffs this year. The Giants shouldn't be in the playoffs. The Giants shouldn't win more than four games, right? 
Oh, but we're here now. Oh, we're here. We're deep in the playoffs. We're ready. We're ready for war. This is it. This is our time. We come alive. We play in Philly. That's a division game, man. That's a division game. We don't take that shit for granted. That's an opportunity. Get revenge. The tour begins now. The revenge tour begins now. This is it. Giants at Philly. Philly is better on all sides of the ball. And arguably has equivalent, if not better, coaching. That being said, I believe the Giants are the kind of team that is gritty enough, that has put up with enough shit all year to really be able to put their feet down and say, hey, this is going to be a close one. Now, if Philly wins, I can't say I'll be surprised. But I got faith in the Giants. I have faith. I really do. I really genuinely do. I think this will be a good game. And if we get, if the Giants get their socks blown off, if the Giants get absolutely dusted like it's a 50-10 to 10 game, you know what? Back to the fucking drawing board. And that shit would suck. But at least I'll be getting drinks afterwards. So there won't be, you know, the, the pain will subside. <sighs> Giants are a powder keg. Do not underestimate them, Philly. Do not underestimate them. Bengals-Bills, the rematch from the game that was cut short in the regular season. All right, well, this is an interesting game. I personally think that the Bills look volatile. I think the Bills are an up-and-down team, and when they're up, they're up. And when they're down, they're down. The Cincinnati defense will be a problem. Stephon Diggs will make Eli Apple look like a little bitch, as most players in the league do at this point. So... Can't say I, I think Cincinnati's going to be uh, uh, dominating in this one. However, I believe they're a gritty team. And I think Joe Burr. Joe Burr's a devious man. He'll make some laser throws to Jamar Chase. T. Higgins will be getting open. Tyler Boyd's out there. Joe Main Mixon kicking some shit. Hoo-ha-hoo. I got Cincy. I really got Cincy. Lest we forget... They were up in the game in Cincinnati, 7-3, to before the tragedy ensued. And I think Cincinnati looked damn good. I'm excited to see how they build off of this game. Because if you come out flat and you look like shit, Buffalo's going to take advantage of you. But if you show them some moves, some crazy play calls, some Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, I don't know. I got Bengals. I got Bengals at Buffalo, 100%. If you want to say a lock of the playoffs, I wouldn't say that there's going to be any locks because it's the playoffs. But I really believe in Cincy here. If you want an upset watch for two of the Saturday games, I would say look out for the Bengals and look out for the... I'm sorry, on Sunday, excuse me. Uh, look out for the Bengals at Bills. And if you want an upset on Saturday, look out for the Giants and Philly. Because upset watch, those two teams, I don't know. I think people are counting them out way too soon, personally. I think we can all agree that the Cowboys season is most likely going to come to an end against San Francisco unless they can, of course, get their A, kicking game under control, B, get Dak Prescott to not throw any turnovers, and C, get their defense playing at an outstandingly high level. Luckily for, for Dallas, they did all of that against Tampa Bay, except for the kicking. Kicking was pretty shot. Kicking was actually really horrible. But 
that'll be fine. There's no fucking way it happens again, right? No way. I'd be flabbergasted if that happened again. So, as of right now, Tampa Bay, uh, yeah, they're trash. San Francisco, on the other hand, they're fucking amazing. So, if you're gonna beat this team, you're not gonna be able to do it, like, easily. This is not gonna, this team's not gonna go down. This is at San Francisco, too. Holy shit. Dallas, you guys gotta be on your shit. Dak, best game of your life. This is the most important game of your life right now. I swear to God, this is the most important game of your life. So much riding on this game. Think about it. I mean, if Dallas is in the NFC Championship, whoever they play, they have a chance against. Because it's either going to be Philly or the Giants. And they have shown that they can hang with Philly. They've shown that they can beat the Giants. So, I mean, if they win this game, there's a good chance they punch their ticket to a Super Bowl. That would be fucking nuts. The Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. My eyes have never seen it. So, you know, all those VHS tapes of their 90s wins, hey, you know what? You are you might be able to see something even better. Cowboys fans, you know, I'm a Giants fan, so fuck you guys. But at the same time, I'm happy for you guys. This is, this is momentous for your team. So, good for you. I'm not going to be saying kind words about Philly. You know, it's game day. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't playing around, you know. But, you know, after the game, I'll, I'll humble myself a little bit. But uh, Dallas, I'll give you some props. Good luck, seriously. I mean, that would be pretty fucking nuts. Beat San Francisco. Because I honestly would like a shot at you guys in the championship over San Francisco, to be fair. So, yeah. It's just going to be a short episode today, so uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I hope you like my opinions, my takes. Um, sorry again about the length of the episode, but uh, I will be coming out with a longer one next week going to recap the divisional round and go into some in-depth about potential uh, draft situations for other teams. Um, just didn't really have the time this week to finish and polish a, a whole nice big episode like that. So starting next week, going to come in, get something good for you guys. Uh, but as of right now, that's all for today. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, have a good day. Enjoy football.